Rusty. Well, you were just so excited. <laughs> I was really excited. Tip of the tongue, teeth, and lips. Okay. I think we're recording now. <laughs> Should Maybe. we, like, stop and check? Should we? Uh, you know what? Max, how good was our intro that we just did for, like, you know, three or four minutes of just riffing and just having a good time, make cracking oh, jokes? We were really funny. It was really authentic. And then what happened? And then we discovered we were not recording, which no. thank God you noticed four minutes in and not about 30 minutes. <laughs> and it wasn't even it wasn't even that I forgot to hit the record button. I hadn't even opened the software that I need to yeah. record. I just oh. opened Skype and started talking as if yeah. that was enough. It should be enough. You know, I think Skype should be on you know, to this point. We should be able to do that. I honestly almost don't remember how to record a podcast. So this could be going one. This this may not even be happening. We'll see. Well, we'll see by the time we get to the end of it. Well, you know what? This we don't even need an intro anymore. This explains everything to everybody. We've been off for two and a half months since last time we put an episode out. Yep. And like we've we, been busy planning season two. Oh, so busy. We were just talking about all the work we've been putting in. So long much hours. Work. Long, long hours in the old podcast mm-hmm. minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's pretty much what I've been focusing about 40 hours a week on, which is just, you know, not getting paid for it, obviously. Just, no. you know, all, all volunteer hours to make fields of work even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this, that being said, this is not season two. No, this, this is, is not. This is not season two. This is um just a, just something to tide tide y'all over while we mm-hmm. while we continue to work hard on planning season two. Because people keep asking, you know, I'm they sure just keep asking. Things. They keep saying, yeah. "Hey, we're season two. You know, I keep getting yeah. reporters knocking on my door and and the paparazzi following me around. Want to know we're season two? And I tell them, yeah. "Don't worry, it's coming." Yeah, I like how the paparazzi comes in person to take pictures of you and ask you about season two. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're not getting that. <laughs> No, I don't think they've, they don't think they know oh. where Groton is. I don't think huh. anyone's figured it out. Huh. I'm going to send it your way. Not a lot of reporters out here. But that being said, I, we, I mean, I've seen a lot of people from home in the past two and a half months um, going back for Christmas and stuff. And people tell us they listen. So yeah. River has it. Someone's out there listening to this, which is, there. which is nice. Um, so. I oh, just realized oh. I, I had my video on this whole time. Oh, and I, I've been watching you. Were you looking at me? Do you want sure me to turn was. it back on? No, it's fine. I think the audio quality will be better if you just turn that off. No, I want you. To, I want you something. Something you look at. I even got my good camera up. Hey, you're crystal clear. Thank you. I bust out the good camera when I'm working from home. I want my folks to uh, see me nice and good. See my pretty bits. That wasn't for me. No. <laughs> um. So, I mean, why do you have things you want to talk about? Because I think I do. Yeah, I. Well, I don't know. See, Sam, what we used to do is we used to share a document on Google yeah, where Docs. Is that? I was cleaning it up earlier today. Somebody put a lot of time and effort into today's episode and put up some ideas and Did stuff. You? And 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 one. I was in there before, earlier and no, nothing had changed from November. Listen, I get in there about ten minutes before we start. Okay, I see now. You're you're here. Yep, you're here. I'm in there. Yes, I want to ask you about your your current working stuff because you haven't just been. You got, I mean, you're not homeless. You're not. You're obviously you know still doing something over the winter, right? My, my girlfriend works. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's, uh, that's the answer. Yes, I have not been totally um, just sitting around, lazing around. I mean, I've done plenty of that, but I did work as well. Um, I am kind of in a little bit of a gap period right now um, between work, but yeah, I can recap at least what November and December were like. All right, cool. Well, before we get into that, um, we have a check-in round to do. Oh, do you have one prepared? No. Uh-oh. No. Well, you brought it up, and then here you are, huh? Yeah, this is just like me at work, actually. I'm always having to come up with check-in round questions. All right, uh, cake or pie? Cake. 
Yeah. You a pie guy? No, I'm a cake guy, I think. Are you? No, I don't want a lot of frosting on that cake, though. What kind of cake, then? We think we've talked about this before, because I'm a carrot cake boy, and and you're not. I like yellow cake. It's yellow cake, huh? It's pretty, I, mean, I like uh, carrot cake, too. It's pretty boring. I know. Pretty boring guy. Carrot cake, oh. or yellow cake with that chocolate frosting? Mmm. I mean, I'm not going to say that isn't really good. That's Fun I almost like, pretty great. I almost like that more in a cupcake. Because I like that. It's just, it's, just, it's just cake on the go, you know? <laughs> Any cake can be on the go if you try hard enough. Yeah, but it's a lot easier when it's a little handheld version. That's true, I guess. So, okay. Well, now I feel checked in. <laughs> I feel checked in. I'm, I am fully checked. Fully so checked in. I forgot to grab a seltzer before we started recording. Would you like to go grab one? Yeah, you fill, fill the dead air. I'll be right back. Man. I want you guys all to know that we put in a really good preamble. We did a lot of fun joking and talking. And then Sam... Uh, the one who has to do all of the technology on our podcast because I'm incapable and have very primitive tools discovered that he wasn't recording anything. And I just want to apologize in advance that if this is not as good because I've already done this once. Hey, he's back. What are you talking about? I was just apologizing about how good our, our intro that we didn't record was and yeah. how if we've seemed like we're off, it's because I'm just thinking back about how good it was. Yeah, that's and how true. Nothing's going gonna to live up to it. I almost brought an unpeeled, hard-boiled egg over here for a snack. Because <laughs> <Thank laughs> God, you did. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Which is already bad enough. I'm about to open the seltzer on the mic, so. Yeah. Not like, I mean, you do the grossest things in the podcast food-related anyways. <laughs> that's true. I don't. I feel like maybe peeling a hard-boiled egg might be a new low. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, you did used to kind of slob on uh, popsicles and stuff, and you never slurped, you never slurped soup, but I assume that's next. Yeah. Um, Gave me the idea. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Max, tell me all the secrets about working for UPS. What you been, what do you do? Tell us, bring, start from the beginning. Wow. Okay. Um, there are brown shorts. No, they Well, see, here's the thing. So, I, okay, I've worked for UPS during the holidays, which is usually just like a one-month gig. It runs from the Monday after Thanksgiving to usually Christmas Eve. Um, that's the season. Past four years, I've done it in Michigan, three of those years, with a cousin of ours, mm-hmm. uh, Sean. This year, obviously, I was here in Massachusetts, but doing the same job. So that being said, of the five years I've done this, for three of the years, they used to give you a uniform, um, which obviously brown everything. Um, so you get to they keep also that? only give you – uh, no, no, that's that was the big problem. So oh, right. they give you this uniform of like pants, jacket, beanie, whatever. They give you one of everything first off. So you're wearing the same pair of pants every day, same jacket every day. I mean, I already do today. that. So I know that's true. But you're not like I mean, maybe you're sweating a lot. I'm not sure how sweaty you are. <laughs> uh, it <laughs> but, depends on the day. But UPS is a pretty, you know, active job. So that was annoying to only have like one yeah. set of stuff usually. And then the big deal was that, um, well, you only – the thing about UPS uniforms is that they get you into places. So if you walk into the back of a grocery store or different businesses and stuff and you're wearing your UPS stuff, they all kind of just accept that you're the UPS guy. You're dropping right. something off. You're picking something up. What was happening was uh, – well, they told us at the beginning of the season on uh, previous years it's a federal crime if you keep your uniform because of <laughs> what it can – what you can potentially do with it. No matter, no matter how good you want your Halloween costume to be. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and UPS people and actual employees of UPS are told to not wear their uniforms if they're going to go run to the gas station and stuff. They're supposed to be changed out of that stuff because it's a bad image for them if the UPS guy is picking up a case of beer and he's wearing his UPS uh, uniform. So anyways, they stopped giving out uniforms because they people were not giving them back and 
Um, there had been a couple of times where crimes were committed by people wearing old UPS uh, uniforms. And it's also because UPS is so desperate to hire just about anyone that um, you not, you might get people that are <laughs> interested in the thought of, well, I could just use this to right. to steal some stuff from a store. So people no, playing that got... long game for planning for their next crime. Exactly. I'm going to get yep. this job to get this brown suit <laughs> so that I can go do some crimes. Yeah, it's, it's good to have a two-year, three-year plan, mm-hmm. and these people definitely do. Um, so that's all to say that they just give you a vest now. and What's you the give vest the, say? Oh, it's just – it's is it brown. brown. Is it a brown, brown vest? It's brown like – it's like a brown mesh that you put over anything else you're wearing, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it has like the – you know, um, so people can see you at night kind of around the sleeves and stuff. And it says UPS seasonal helper on the back. And nice. that's about it. And you don't get to keep that. Uh, I gave mine back today actually. Um, but is there a so, ceremony? Yeah. Is there a ceremony? No, there wasn't much of a ceremony. Um, uh, I could talk about UPS forever because it's very entertaining to me. I but... want, yeah, come on. <laughs> I want to know the, the people want to know the deets. This is a podcast about jobs and work, so tell well, us all about it. Okay, I mean, you can also ask questions because I'm gonna, gonna ask questions. Don't okay, worry, damn. I'm all about all right. asking those follow up questions. Okay, so my job title is driver helper. I sit in the little jump seat. Uh, you like, you in like zip up his truck. coat for him, make sure it buckles in. You, yep, that's how you're helping. Mm-hmm. And all I do, uh, it varies with what driver you work with, but essentially you are the. I'm gonna use bad language for a second. You are the driver's bitch for the most part. Yep. You are running the package to the door, eighty percent of the time. Um, he'll get off the truck and run one if it works out in the way, but we can run two houses at once or for some reason he thinks it's really difficult, you know, something about getting a signature and stuff like that. Sometimes helpers don't know how to use the fancy little board thing they have. So, um, unfortunate for me, I guess fortunate for my driver is that I do know how to use the board cause I've used it for five years in a row. Yeah. And I was essentially just a UPS driver this year without driving the truck. So, <laughs> so you were a UPS rider. Yeah. I scanned every single package. I knew how to go up, you know, pretty much put in whatever I had to put into the board, whether that was a signature, whether that was going to a business, whether that was trying to get a signature, someone wasn't there, you leave the notice on the on the door and you come back the next day. All that stuff was taught to me mostly this year because, I, you know, you use it once a year and you forget right. it. But um, so, I mean, it kept my days more interesting because I was always doing something. I was always scanning a package or running a package to a house. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, my driver was interesting in the way that he does things and he's been doing it for 30 years but his style is that the trucks are always so bombed out because of the amount of stuff they're trying to fit in there that there's a number system and things should go chronological it's usually how this, the truck is filled there's four shelves you know there's a 1000s and 5000s shelves etc all the way up to 8000 and that's how you find packages that's the way that you locate them but for him he's been doing this route for so long that he doesn't deliver it in the way that the board wants you to deliver it. So the the board wants you to go 1000s, 2000s, 3000s, 4000s. So, you know, that's how it should work, but the way he delivers is just and he's right. I get why he does it the way he does. Yeah. It makes sense to him that he delivers this way, which well, that means we're hitting up half the time we're pulling from our 4000 shelves before we've even emptied our twos and threes because of the way it all lays out. Um I have a dog over my shoulder trying to get me to play with a sock. Okay. All right. It's good. It's good podcasting. Um, so anyways, uh, is it her sock? It was, it was my sock this morning and then I got a hole in it and now it became her sock. sock. Yeah. She's going to bargain me in a second for sure. She's looking real aggressive. Um, so anyways, his system. Yeah. So what he has to do essentially is we stopped every hour or so and he would organize the truck and prepare 
the next 50 stops. He'd get a shelf and he'd organize every stop in order. And he's doing it by looking at the addresses. He's never actually looking at those four digit codes hmm. because to him, he knows he, it is. He knows every single house. He could tell you exactly where you're going to drop it off every house, but he needs to, um, you know, he needs to set it up his way. So what that meant was, well, he sorted the truck for like 30 minutes. I would just sit there and he's like, you know, be on your phone, do whatever you want, bring a book, you know, like <laughs> just sit there. He's like, you're going to get paid. It's fine. But then once we start delivering, I'm, I, you don't walk up to the house. You're, you're going to be running because you got a really long break and then you're going to run for an hour and then you'll sit and run and sit. And I was like, I was fine with that. He told yeah. me day one, as soon as I got on the truck, like that's the plan. That's how we do it. Not how I did it with Sean back in Michigan. Yeah. Um, I think Sean and I's system was better, but this worked still. Um, so it was different. It was a different experience. It was definitely the most I've ever had to do as a driver helper in terms of like scanning every package, doing everything like that. But it was good. It was a good season. It was a short season because the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas was so narrow this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant that they were super backed up. Um, we also got 20 inches of snow on that very first Monday, which basically all that happens is everything just literally pun intended snowballs and more and more tractor trailers of package, you know, semis of packages are coming in and they're not processing them fast enough. So by Saturday, there was one weekend where at our hub alone, which services a very large area, uh, there were 80 semis full of packages that had not been touched yet. Oh man. And by Monday, more that sounds stressful. So yes, it is. Um, it's the drivers. It's stressful for them, but it's really stressful for the people who are in the center dealing with it. Um, so what was happening was essentially packages, eventually they would, you know, they started bringing up corporate people from other states that were not as bad off to come up and deliver for us. <laughs> so for we had help from a guy from Virginia. I mean, he, wow. they flew him up from Virginia for a week. He rented a minivan. He delivered out of the minivan um, for an entire week to kind of help take stuff off our route. They had guys up from Tennessee, Louisiana, um, all over the place. So it's a logistics shit show for a company that's a logistics company. Yeah. Um, it's very poorly, very poorly planned this year. It's like they didn't expect um, the the amount that they got, even though every year it goes up and there were factors that were going to make it obvious that this would be a very, very busy season because of the shorter window, because uh, FedEx doesn't work with Amazon anymore. Which Sounds like you, uh, you need to get into management. I could. I, it's unbelievable. I don't know. It seemed like the incompetence that was happening on a large I hope, scale. I hope your boss isn't listening to this. No, they're not going to listen to this podcast. I'm you know, if they do, this will be good. This will be good for them. You know, maybe they need someone to tell them this. <laughs> not like they're not unaware. But they need they yeah. need a driver helper to tell <laughs> to them. Tell them. Honestly, though, I, business. John and I, who was my driver this year, we're coming yeah. up with a lot of solutions for how things could have like been improved. And you know, another thing that was happening. So to let you know how bad it got at some points. Um, one thing people were okay. So people were getting upset and saying on the app on my phone, it says my package is out for delivery. Mm-hmm. Why? As you know, you listen to reconcilable differences. You heard Syracuse to talk about this. He was waiting for his, his package and it said it was out for delivery and he never got it. And the driver went by his house a bunch of times. Um, one thing that was happening was they scan all the packages in when they go down the belt. Right. But then when they go down the belt, they then at pile the, at up at the distribution center, at the distribution center. And then they pile up by the trucks they're supposed to go to. And what happens is, 800 packages might go down the line for our truck that day. I can tell you right now, we physically can't fit over 500 into our truck. It would be impossible, Depen- especially depending on bulk. They could even – it would be less. Yeah. So what was happening was we'd fit 500 into our truck, and he'd leave – three. John would have to leave 300 at the center. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was that was rude. 
Um, and so what happens is he leaves 300 at the center. Those 300 say that they're still out for delivery, mm. even though they never left the center. So essentially there are people out there expecting packages to come that were never – never no way they were ever going to show up because they hadn't even, they weren't even on our truck. Yeah. And so people would ask you, well, could you look for it? And we could just be like, you know, honestly, it's probably not in here. Like we're yeah. delivering everything we have kind of thing. Um, yeah. So that was one big issue this year. I mean <laughs> there's a car wash that they have for actually washing the trucks. And what they decided to do with it because they needed more space to store packages is the car wash was just full of bulk. So things that were too, you know, very large and they're put on pallets, they're palletized and they're just put in there. <laughs> and so you could walk through the car wash and it was just pallets and pallets of giant, giant boxes like grills, sofas, TVs, hmm. the giant things that people order. Um, and, you know, every day we'd go in there and he would grab two pieces of bulk and try and slide them on our truck to get them off. Um, and credit to them by the time Christmas Eve came around, they had emptied the center. Um, they had gotten, everything had gotten delivered for the most part. There were some backups, I'm sure. I mean, a lot of the bulk carried over to after Christmas, but I think that has a lot to do with, um, not just UPS's centers being overrun, but just the amount of stuff being shipped. But it was crazy this year. I mean, it seemed, um, like they were in over their heads, (laughs) but it made, it made for good a good season for me because I got a lot of hours in in a short period. So uh, I was working over 40 hours a week. So that was nice. Um, But yeah, that was my UPS season. So that's my fifth year running. What's Um, um, you got to give us what, what's the, what are people doing wrong that makes your life difficult as a UPS delivery guy? What are they doing wrong? Um, If we deliver something to your door and you ask, is this it? That's not helpful because if it's on our tr- if it's on our truck, believe me, we want to get rid of it. Um, people are always like, "So is this everything?" It's like, "Yes, I'm not I'm not holding on to one for fun. Like I'm, I want to get rid of it too." Yeah. That's just, that's the same thing with signatures. People are always like, "Oh, the UPS guy doesn't even knock on my door. You know, he just runs away." The thing is, I mean, what we do is you walk up on the door, you ring the doorbell, and you knock because you never know if the doorbell doesn't work. So you knock like crazy, and as soon as you do that, you start filling out the little info notice. And then I usually count to thirty. I give people like thirty seconds to come to the door. And if they don't come, I put the thing up there and I turn around and walk away. Yeah. But like people act like we don't want to drop off the thing that's on our truck, but it's it's we hate taking stuff back. <laughs> yeah. So whenever we go to get a signature and the person isn't there to sign for it, we're we're upset. We're mad. Like we really want to get rid of that. Yeah. Um other than that, the thing that makes our life difficult, people who don't plow their driveways. Mm. This year we would literally leave it in a bag at the end of their driveway if it was too icy. Because <laughs> we weren't gonna like not deliver it, but we also didn't want to break our neck walking down their driveway. Yeah. Um yeah, a lot of stuff like that where people are just like don't understand that if they live at the end of a, a half mile long driveway, um, either give us an option for delivering it at the end of your driveway, or make your driveway like perfect because right. it makes it really hard for us. And that's different. That's more because out here there's just a lot of long driveways. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't know. We love the people that put out snack baskets. Those people are the best. <laughs> we love what, the snack houses. What's the, we best, do- what's the best snacks you got? We had like someone was putting out not only chips and Gatorades, but also like Chips Ahoy and stuff like that. So that was a good house. We were pretty excited about that one. Um, and then <laughs> other thing, too, that, that makes John and other drivers angry is when they see that people are putting out like Christmas cards, but probably with a tip in them for the garbage man, like on top of their garbage uh-huh. who comes, who comes as John will say, that guy comes once a week, every <laughs> week. He goes, most of these houses I'm delivering to them at least twice a week and they never give me a tip. So Tip your UPS guy if you get a lot of stuff. I Especially like if you're 
especially if your house is hard delivered to you. I mean, you tip the, I mean, UPS guys get paid well, but you tip like other delivery services. So, um, but no, other than that, I mean, it was, it was trying to think of anything like big happened this year. Not really though. Good doggos. Our route didn't have a ton of doggos on it this year, which is a bummer. My route last year was nothing but, but cute doggos. So, but I did, the best part of this year was the route was so close to my house. John just picked me up from my house. That's nice. <laughs> I didn't have to drive anywhere. He would just pull up literally in the parking lot. I'd walk out there. So that was super convenient. Cool. But I apologize for like, you hear noises. I'm playing tug of war while doing this. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's been, that was the majority of November and December. All right, uh, cool. Well, I think this is a good time to take a break and do an ad break. Um, what do you got around you that you want to read an ad for? I have almost nothing sponsored around me. I have something from my own restaurant group that I work for. Weber yeah, Restaurant. Yeah, do that. Do that. <laughs> Looking for a phenomenal farm-to-table dinner at any area restaurant around Boston? You should check out the Weber Restaurant Group. You could go to Burlington if you live on the north side. You could go all the way down to the south side to the lovely Scarlet Oak Tavern or call them all the way out to Scenic Groton to eat at Gibbet Hill Grill and see me. I live here. <laughs> That was surprisingly good. <laughs> Thank you. I should, uh, talk, I should probably contact Jed. Let him know he's missing a good marketing opportunity. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you just got free. I would send him a bill. <laughs> I will. Ten thousand dollars. I think that's what that is worth. <laughs> At least. At least we don't do many of those. It's really rare. Yeah. That anyone gets an ad on the on the Fields of Work podcast. But yeah. so, how about you? What has your November and December been like? How's how's your uh, how is your holiday season? Hmm, 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 hmm. Holiday season is a lot like every other part. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Uh, December in like consulting at large organizations is annoying because people start going on vacation and it gets hard to get things done. And also there is like a urgency to get things done before the end of the year, um, which is an annoying combination. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Can't remember if there's anything particularly interesting over the past couple of months. Just more, more of the same for the most part. Um, you know, same same client, um, kind of wrestling with the same stuff. We are in the midst of about to hire someone new onto the project to help with all the stuff that we have going on, which is exciting. Um, no real interesting travel to speak of for the client. I think maybe I I went to. Texas once, and I maybe went to Orlando once uh, since we last spoke. Um, but yeah, it's been mostly working from home or just going to their their office here. How has the project with getting people to write articles um, mm. was that yeah. thing you guys are working on? That's been taking up a, a decent amount of my time. Yeah, we had like sixty some people submit proposals, which I had to review all of them, and then I selected eight to actually work with, and then. I am now in the midst of working with those eight writers to edit their articles and help them write them and all of the logistics around that. Um, so we're on pace to have a couple of them done, I think, by the middle of February. The rest have, like, end of March due dates. Um, but, yeah, it's been going really well. It's been a lot of work but um, a lot of fun too. Yeah, it's been nice to have something that's a little different than your normal everyday work to kind of focus on. I guess or is so. it still pretty much – if you'll still feel very in line with what you normally do anyways? I mean it's – it's no, it's different in that you know there's a part of my day where I'm shifting my mindset completely into writing and editing. 
Um, it's just been a lot. It, you know, this is on top of everything else that I'm doing for the most part. So it's been a few late nights here or there or just some really busy days as I try to fit in calls with writers or spending, you know, an hour reviewing an article and giving feedback on it. Um, no, it's been good. I mean, I'm looking forward to having the initiative done uh, so that it's just finished and I can put time and attention on something else or take a little bit of a break. Uh, but overall, it's been it's been good. And I, I was... I was happy to see that we had so much interest in writing with us. Um, and I think the caliber of writers that we're working with are really high. And that's been fun. It's been challenging me to be a better editor um, as I work with, with all of them. So it's been, no, it's been good. I was going to ask, I mean, not to attack your credentials here. Did you feel uh, almost underqualified to be like the editor and like, you know, the person doing all the curation for this project. I feel like that's a pretty overwhelming feeling, especially when you're working with, you know, 60 people writing. And like you said, some pretty like high caliber writers, not to say that you aren't maybe a great editor, but (laughs) this has definitely got to be something new for your work compared to what you normally do. I mean, in Um, some ways, yes, because I'm not a professional editor. I'm not a professional writer in other ways. No, because I've been at the ready from the very beginning and I've been I've been the primary person thinking about our public writing from the very beginning. So I have the best understanding, I think, at the at the ready of what sort of writing really resonates with our audience and what we what we've done in the past that's worked and what what hasn't worked. So in that sense, I think I'm the most qualified person at the ready other than maybe Aaron to potentially run this. The it's just the kind of nuts and bolts around editing that I'm not traditionally qualified for, but you know, I feel like I'm not a terrible writer and I'm not a terrible editor. So that's not what I, that's not what I said. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm just saying that like, yeah, you know, I think I've got enough skills in that domain to kind of muddle our way through. Could we probably in the future, maybe actually hire an editor who's better than me? That might be something worth pursuing. You have one month left on this, right? Roughly. Basically we have our next uh, retreat in the middle of February and the idea was to have two of the articles done by then. Gotcha. Do you, do you know where you guys are doing your retreat at yet? South Carolina, Charleston. Nice. Yeah. That'll be nice. And well, I mean, you're already in decently warm weather, but I mean, I guess I did warmer. have my windows open today, which is pretty weird for January. What, what temperature was it there today? Uh, f- high fifties. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some we've had some bizarre weather, which as a farmer, yeah, I will yeah. say, it kind of terrifies me. Yeah. Um, uh oh. It's just, yeah, I mean, there's actually some, like, actual farming concerns, but it's more of just, like, ooh, earth, you're not doing so hot, huh? Where <laughs> we have yeah. seven, I mean, not that weird weather hasn't always happened, but, man, getting 65-degree weather in middle of January in Boston seems yeah. seems jarring. Yeah, um, it felt, it felt wrong to walk around in a T-shirt and jeans. Yeah, I know. The other day, I went for a run wearing a T-shirt and jeans, or not jeans, T-shirt <laughs> and shorts uh, in the rain. In January, because wow. it was like 70 degrees. I mean, I don't know what the temperature is normally like down there, but you guys are farther south than I think I personally realized yeah. geographically. It's true. But but also, it's it's even warm for us. Like, we haven't really had any snow that has, stick, has stuck around for longer than like an hour. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't, I mean... As far as, yeah, snow and, like, I, for me, I'm, like, winter, I want to be playing pond hockey or doing something or just, like, if it's going to be January and I'm not working, yeah, I, I just to, like, just give me the winter. And 
we haven't had a good snowstorm since you know that Monday after Thanksgiving where it did s- snow ridiculous. That was absurd, and we got 20 inches of snow over two days. Yeah. Um, and it was it was awesome. It was like apocalyptic. I loved it. Um, yeah, but ever right. since it's just been kind of gross and 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 warm and then raining and then mucky and uh. Yeah, at this point, I'm just itching to start the next season. Like, let's go. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about that. What, uh, what do you like? When does that start, or what is happening now? Talk to me about that. Yeah, so I had a meeting last week with Kaylee, who's the farm manager. We kind of like she's just starting to kind of roll around to kind of figure out the plan for next year. Um, the holidays are always taking off kind of for everybody, but. Um, I mean, I'm coming back to the farm again next year. Uh, sounds like at this point we have the exact same crew we had the year before, nice. which is you, you like that crew. Yeah, I, I liked all the people a lot. It's really great in farming if you can ever get people to come back because there's just, you know, any time that was spent training me on a thing this year is not having to be done next year. And you're uh, you're an awesome Latin guy. He's coming back. Yeah, he yep. sounds like he's gonna be back. Man in the world. He's awesome. Yeah, you guys would hit it off. He's uh, it'll, and everyone. Honestly, the whole crew is great. So it's gonna be nice to have a crew that already knows how everything flows, um, which that will kind of help us take on newer things and more like interesting things for the farm without having to potentially hire somebody else, um, which is kind of the current plan. So there's a lot of up in the air still, but um, we are kind of reworking some things at the farm. We're again gonna add more bed space. Um, we might actually eat into part of the pasture this year. So we're going to take some of the, the, the cow pasture and turn it into more of the fields for us. Um, when you were here, it's kind of the end down by the compost pile down that way. Okay. Kind of the end of the farm, but to the right side, we're actually going to move to that how, side. Uh, how do the cows feel about that? I don't think anyone's asked them, hmm. but um, hmm. yeah. Awfully presumptuous. <laughs> yeah, I know. They do like getting nice and close to that crab apple tree that's down there and eating all the leaves off it. So I'm like not sure. Not what, eating what, the crab apples? I'm not sure if they even like the crab apples, huh. um, but so I'm not sure how much we're taking from the field or anything like that. Um, there's not a lot of perfectly flat or moderately flat area to not that our farm is flat in general, but um, that's kind of what we're looking to take from there. So that might just be anything from who knows an eighth of an acre to half an acre, which still dub- almost doubles the size of the farm. I and mean, we're only an acre to begin with. So um, that's in the works to kind of expand. We're also going to take some stuff that was in like, blueberry production and and turn it into actual fields for planting uh, our blueberries are just they're not worth it for how much space they take up mm. um the birds eat them all before we can get to them they're very just, yeah we, i think we made zero dollars on them this year and the number of hours we spent weeding them and taking care of them was just not worth it that seems like so, a uh, not so much uh, an asset in in the business yeah not quite so um we're doing a lot of like little projects like that and there is still talks of adding in a new hoop house to um do some more indoor growing that's where you do uh, hula hoops yep that's exactly what we do yeah it's good to have a space for farmers to kind of decompress i know hula i know hoop. farmers find hula hooping to be the most effective de-stressor they do which is weird you know it's one of the only jobs i think could really find themselves drawn to hula hoops i'm not sure why that is yeah. uh, you would um, think hula dancers maybe but i guess it's too close to work that's yeah, too close to work <laughs> exactly <laughs> but um so those are the main things. And then the, the the big change in marketing this year. So obviously our, our business plan is or model has always been everything we grow goes to the restaurants within the restaurant group. Um, and this year the the main issue was that model was designed back when the farm was not farming in the no-till intensive market garden style. It was um, basically the production was a lot lower at that time. Mm-hmm. So now we're putting out a lot more than – 
they were kind of ready for, um, which, you know, you can work around that by altering a little bit of what we're growing. Maybe they don't need, you know, so many heads of kohlrabi or something, or maybe we're growing something that they don't want. Um, but the other problem was just that we were producing a lot and, um, we do give stuff to the other restaurants, but just because of their distance away from the farm, um, it's just obviously going to work out that we never give them the quantity that we give to the grill here. Right. So well, yeah, because when you when you're driving the truck on the highway, you're losing containers left and right. Exactly, exactly. It's actually it's a net loss for us to keep going down there because we just keep running out of crates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, so the plan for this year is same thing, still selling to the grill and the other restaurants, um, and but we're going to add on. We haven't picked a number for it yet, but we're going to try and do a little twenty to twenty five person CSA which we've talked about before, CSAs are just the, the weekly box you get and you pay everything up front, 20 weeks throughout the summer. Um, people will pick uh, up. You guys should box. send me a box. Be nice, wouldn't it? If, when you're at, um, whenever you guys are at the, the house down the Cape during the summer, you let me know. I'll bring, I'll bring you guys some weekly shares. <laughs> let's, uh, offline, let's, let's investigate how much it would cost to ship me a box and we'll see okay. if it makes any sense. Okay. Um, so, I mean... The trend in small-scale farming right now is that the CSA model is dying because there's um, an influx in farmers' markets. There's so many of the meal kit things that people do now. So a CSA is like what you pay up front at the beginning of the year, and then every week you come and pick up a box of kind of random whatever the farm has? Yeah, so it stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Usually you pay the lump sum up front. Um, it, back in Michigan, it was like – Five hundred and seventy-five dollars for twenty-two weeks, which came out to about about what twenty oh, a week. Uh, I lost you. For um, a we were packing How much was it? We wanted to at least hit. You disappeared for a second. Sorry. So it was five five seventy-five. Yes. Uh, up front for twenty-two weeks, about twenty-six dollars a share. And our goal as a farmer was always to pack the twenty-six dollars. But when things are the whole idea is that when things are good at the farm, you benefit as well. So we were, there were times we were giving. Um, people $40 worth of produce in their share. Right. And the, the idea being that, one, they supported us by giving us the money up front, which really helped us pay yep. labor when, when food wasn't coming in yet, buy seeds, et cetera. So you reward CSA members. So anyways, that's kind of what you know, what we're going to do next year with a small one at the farm. Um, and like I was saying, CSA models are mostly or, or kind of like plateauing because it seems to have kind of reached its amount of people that it'll reach right now until – another option comes up or some other way, um, which we can talk about in the future. There are some other things that are coming up within small scale farming that seem like the next route for marketing. But for us, it works because there's not a lot of certified organic small scale farms in Groton. And there's a lot of people there that have asked us, you know, when, can you guys just set up a farm store? Like we'd love to buy your produce, but we can't because everything we grow goes to the restaurant. So right. we have to tell them you can't have these carrots, but if you show up to the restaurant, maybe they'll be on the menu. Right. Um, and it's better for us because we can get more of a market value than a wholesale value, you know, an actual retail value for things. Um, so we're going to try just kind of test the waters this year. Uh, we got the okay to, to go outside our normal marketing means or normal style. Um, so we're going to do about a 25 person CSA. Um, it sounds like I'll probably be the CSA manager, which is just the title. It's basically I'll just be there one running the, 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 the show when people are coming to pick up. Does that mean um, you have a major role in the planning of it? I am definitely in being included more in the planning of things like that this year, especially since um, I do have CSA experience from the other farm. Um, so that is kind of one thing. And, you know, just because I'm coming back and uh, as Kaylee told me, they want to, you know, make things – 
sometimes on small farms, there's, it seems like there's not a lot of room to grow because it's a pretty, you know, like we said, everyone's at the same level. Hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so adding in different titles like this to hopefully make things more interesting, which is exciting for me. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing something else like that. And then we're also trying to add in um, a little bit more of a cut flower production uh, aspect to the farm next year. So that just being, I mean, we're not going to, right now the plan is not to sell to like floral designers or anything, but uh, we currently grow flowers just for the restaurant to use for centerpieces and stuff. But we're thinking of adding on an option for the weekly CSA members that could sign up for a flower CSA or a you pick flower CSA. So an extra 15 bucks per share, um, you know, they can go out and pick a bouquet of flowers from the garden. Um, or and then the maybe if they pay a little bit more of a bonus, you go out there with them and you tell them what's good. <laughs> what the good ones are. Um, so, you know, flower farming has been an interest of mine ever since I worked at Sealy, where they were doing quite a bit of that. Right. It's actually um, a way to make a pretty good profit on a small farm. So that'll be a fun that I am kind of taking the lead on that project. So today That's I cool. was working on the flower plan, um, just trying to decide what, you know, it, there is a lot of weird little intricacies that people don't realize when you're planning that kind of thing. You need to you can't you got to grow a large enough variety of flowers that when you make a bouquet, it makes sense. So we could talk about more about bouquet uh uh anatomy in the future but yeah add that um, to the list i don't know a thing about that so anyway you want lots of different colors well not always you want them to be in the you same want color all the same family. color <laughs> okay anyways the one thing you do want is as there's four ish types of flower which is disc flower which is like a very circular think of uh daisy pansy. or sunflower you know a very round flower Are pansies round i don't even know what the hell a pansy looks like wow. it looks, who's the farmer now I was going to say, I was going to make a you, like calling you a pansy <laughs> joke, but I was going to be nice. Um, Good one. And then there's spike flowers, which is something like delphinium. Sounds like a, sounds like a Mario thing. Okay. Well, delphinium, larkspur, snapdragons are all very, they're very, you know, the flowers go up on a cone shape to add kind of height to the bouquet. And then you have accent flowers, which are flowers that are kind of just like weird. Not and from the U.S. You don't, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hello and, there. <laughs> and you Alrighty don't, then. Obviously, you don't, you don't, so you don't build the bouquet around having a bunch Governor. of these flowers. They're not okay. They don't have enough girth to hold the whole bouquet together. They're just in there to make it kind of interesting and add a little bit of um, whimsy to it. And then the last thing would be uh, what you call like a filler, um, which would be oh, something like that's a, like a cantaloupe, um, like a like a honeydew. Honeydew is yeah, the filler honeydew. of a fruit bowl. Yep. Um, but yeah, so. Filler or foliage is usually some type of greenery that's going to help fill out the bouquet. So when you're planting, you need to make sure you have all of those in you can't the field. You just plant the fun stuff. Exactly. And you also need them to be maturing around the same amount of time so that when you go out to pick, it's not, you only have one choice of flower to cut and pick. Right. That'd um, be embarrassing. Some things also you know, put out one or two good flowers and then they're done. So it, you have to decide on a small-scale farm, is it worth even planting those even though people want them? Um, or to plant something that, that produces throughout the entire summer. So it's already kind of, really confusing. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of planning like that today, trying to figure out what we're going to grow I'm meeting with Kaylee tomorrow to kind of talk about what she has in mind. And then we'll put in a seed order and start planning the greenhouse schedule to actually make sure we can get those guys started and, and have flowers for the summer. Um, That's especially cool. if we offer it as a CS, if you offer it as a CSA add on, you, you need to make sure you have it. Um, right. so but the nice, the nice thing is it's 25-person CSA. I bet 10 people choose to do the flower add-on, Yeah. maybe 10 to 15. So it's not like you're working in huge numbers here. Right. So there's some there's some leniency to it. That's um, cool. 
But yeah, so that's kind of what's what's in the that's works. That's what's cooking. Now. Things are happening. We're the season two is just around the corner. It is. It is. We'll have new, fun, exciting things to talk about. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll pop in a February episode. I am going to start doing some uh, sugaring in February for. I mean, as long as this weird weather doesn't keep up, um, we'll be tapping maple trees in Concord soon to be making some maple syrup. I would have assumed in Concord um, you'd be making grape jelly. Oh, good one. Man, wow. I am on fire. I haven't been exercising these really like bad joke muscles for a while. You've just been storing them up, I think is what it is. Yeah, storing them up, ready to go. Your reserve full. <clears throat> well, I think this is a good a good little filler episode, a little in-betweener. Yeah, we can uh, we can talk. Maybe we'll plan another one of these guys yeah. soon. We had big plans of interviewing family and stuff. It but may still we'll happen. Have, it might still happen, and people are busy, and we're busy. Exactly. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> it'll happen if it happens. It'll happen if it happens. That's right. <laughs> That's what we say around here. Yep, that's our that's our <laughs> motto. But yeah, for now this is this has been good. It's been, it's been nice agree. to chat with you again. Nice to chat with you, my friend. Well, we'll. Uh, I don't we'll remember how we out. end. We don't end. That's the thing. We just we just <laughs> we just, just, t- we just, we just like go back and forth. The one of us kind of gets quiet, right. and then that that closing song that we have, of course, comes in, and kind of just like fades it out. Yeah, and... if, there's a, if any of our listeners have some musical talent, we're in the market for a jingle. So if you want to write a jingle for us, uh, get in touch. Jingle jangle. Want any of any of that would be great. Yep. All right. Of, all right. Go ahead. Now we're done. We're done. <laughs> Just like that. Okay. It's over. Goodbye. Bye, Sam. Goodbye. Oh, didn't record it. <laughs> uh, I hope we did. We'll see. <laughs>